You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is good, Goat Flippers, Lamb Goat Crew? How are you doing this month, this week, whatever? Hope you're doing good. It's December. It's finally cold here in Florida. I'm sure it's been cold where you are at already, and I know you're probably bitching. Those damn Floridians, it gets under 70 and everyone gets a hoodie on. Well, you're damn right. We are glad to be back this week. We got Yashira on the podcast. There's some local hometown boys, but they're making big noise. They got an album dropping this week, so make sure you go pick that up. We talk about it on the pod. Make sure you visit lambgoat.com for all your metal and hardcore news, reviews, message boards, all that kind of internet fun stuff. Speaking of internet fun stuff, you can follow them on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at lambgoat. Head over to lambgoat's YouTube page and make sure you check out all of these episodes in video format. You can smash that subscribe button and that notification bell to be notified anytime that new episodes are uploaded. But you can also be notified when other content like live shows or other online content is uploaded as well. Like whatever, news stories or something cool like that. Anyway, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Van Flip Podcast. Just tweet how we're doing. If you like the show, what guests we should have on, whatever you want to let me know. And you can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Lurk City as well. And if you're too lazy, you can go down to the show notes and get all of those links for you right there, including the band slash artist that we have on, a.k.a. Yashira. Oh yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is stuff. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Between the Bear and Me has become like my obsessed band. I'm obsessed with them. They're, They're so great. good, man. They are great. They're so good. That's going to be great, too. Uh, they're just like, they're a crazy band, if you really think about it. Like, you know what I mean? For sure. You don't even really have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> colors Live being better than Colors, that's all you need to know. Like... It's it's fucking amazing, dude. Um, That's like, so true. Yeah, <laughs> I would rather listen to Colors live than the recorded version of Colors. Well, it's yeah, because it's that good. They're it's, that they're actually the, that good. I watch the Como live one all the time. Mm. That was, that's my favorite. Record. I never listened to that record. Coma. Oh my god, Coma dude. Ecl- <laughs> Ecliptic. Yeah, it's fucking good, dude. No, saying like I said it on the podcast with them. I fucked the name up. Eclectic. Yeah, I said eclectic. Oh eclectic. no! Yeah, I just rolled with it. Yeah, I just I fucking rolled with it. I'm like part dyslexic or some shit, you know. Yeah, fuck it. So we're like, fuck it, dude. Roll with it. Um. Anyway, yeah, I guess, boys, here we are. We're on the van flip. <laughs> Welcome to my humble new abode. Uh, this is the first time we've had anybody in person in a long time, guy. Right? 
got JP out here working the cameras. It's like we're almost guy. back to full speed. That's guy. Anyway, I'm sitting with Luke and Dylan of local Jacksonville band Yashira. What's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Represent. So you guys got a new record coming out this upcoming week, which mm-hmm. will be like, you know, we'll release this episode mm-hmm. before the record out as well. <clears throat> but anyway, new record out December 11th. What's the title of it? Fail to Be. Drops on December 11th, Friday. Friday. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're really excited for that, man. It's yeah, been it's a long time first, coming, uh, it feels. First record back um, since everything's happened in general, but like, you know, so like a lot of stuff obviously went into making this new record. Um, do you guys want to like touch on any of that kind of, you know, what went into making the new record and everything? Yeah. I mean, it's really tough where to, to even know where to start. Yeah. Is, this album was, I don't know, maybe three ish years in the making um, from the start of, you know, writing it to, uh, to now. I'd say it's probably been about yeah about three years in the making, so it's been yeah a long long trek to get to this point, and we're just relieved to be here, you know, ready to ready to drop it all, you know, and just get it out. Yeah the the process started with Seth, so like we we had released Shrine, and even before Shrine had been released, we had started writing for this. We didn't know what it'd be called or anything like that or anything. But um so we we got started on that and probably how many songs did we finish with him? Probably seven. Seven yeah. and a six and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um and then he got in the accident and um we kind of set it down for a little while, but not not that long because it wasn't really much of a question of if we were gonna do it again, you know. We knew we we felt kind of felt like we knew right away that we were gonna just didn't know who we were gonna do it with, mm-hmm. you know. The songs are gonna see the light of day no matter what, right? Exactly. So we were determined to make that happen. Um, yeah, it was just finding the right person to fill the shoes because they're um, definitely big shoes to fill. Yeah, and I think that's how most people who probably visit Lamb Goat would probably know you guys. Your at least your name. Was when Seth was in the accident, mm-hmm. passed away, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but also prior to that, you guys did a little, you know, work with Zao. Uh, Zao. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Zao. So we're already past that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that split was so cool of them to reach out for us or to us to do. Um, we were in the van on tour with fit for an autopsy mm-hmm. at the time we were on our way to Pittsburgh and Scott had messaged me and I guess they were going to do a split with another band and that fell through. And we had just played like two shows with them in Florida that we just got thrown mm-hmm. on like last second. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he asked us to do it and it was a unanimous. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, I've been listening to them since I was, nine like no joke probably nine years old you know so (laughs) it was just it was just crazy to kind of just even have that opportunity open its door at all you know yeah that's cool i mean like and that's a you know a pretty well-established like pillar of the scene community to Mm -hmm. be like you know working with in general Mm -hmm. so 
It's so you guys only interacted on those two shows, and then they asked you to. We did um, uh, what was it? Orifest as well with them. So we did um, Orifest in Savannah. I was with them, Darkest Hour, and he is a legend. Unearthed played and unearthed. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty dope lineup there. It yeah, was it was good. it was a great show. It, it was, was awesome. Good. So I want to say that that was the first time I had seen them, but um. Yeah. I don't think we knew them yet. Though. Yeah, we, we didn't, we didn't meet, them, meet them there. But then when we got added to the sh- two shows that they did in Florida, we did Orlando and Tampa with them. And they were both just super badass. So that was when we got to got to meet them and just hit it off with them. And, um, yeah, it kind of just developed from there. Um, they were looking to do a bunch of splits with people um, around that time because they had a bunch of songs they, they were sitting on. Um to you know, kind of put them out. They ended up not doing other splits, did they? I can't remember. Now. I don't think. I don't think so. I think after that they did that like remix thing mm-hmm. that they ended up putting out. That's an interesting way to put out songs. Do splits with other bands if you have like an album's worth of songs. Would it be more beneficial to do like you know six splits or just release an album? Their logic behind it was <laughs> that if you um, do the split and you get it pressed or whatever. It's just one smaller release that will sell a bunch, mm-hmm. you know, and it just that band is pretty much um, their livelihood for the most part. So, um, you know, they obviously want to do what they can do to sell as many um, physical units as possible. Right. So they're also like way ahead of most bands in how they do things like they're they're they really follow no formula. And that's like super influential yeah. to like us, even you know they they just do whatever they want all the time. Yeah, they've been pretty progressive over the years about yeah their releases and just work and how they work and shit. Yeah, yeah, even their um, even even the bands that they get lumped in with, I've always just they've even their style of music has always just like been set apart from everything that they've ever done in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like, stylistically i just don't i can't think of a band that sounds like them you know yeah i really can't either they yeah. do their own thing i can <laughs> who you guys kind of sound like them really yeah, like Zaya? yeah yeah okay i get i get like uh i call you guys heavier Zayao on the message board <laughs> wow Zayao. Zayao. <laughs> yeah well i we've never gotten that comparison before but i you're just heavier. You know, we wear it i mean like there's like i can hear an influence of their music in in your version of your music. Yeah. It's not like you don't sound like them, but like there's definitely hints of it. You know right. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely heavy as fuck. They got melodic stuff. They got, you know, sludgy shit. So yeah, they're yeah. all over the map. They're awesome, man. Yeah. Love we, to to them. we try to focus on the freedom of it all too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that kind of bleeds over into what they do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're writing for sure, just not really thinking of any blueprint <laughs> of any sort, you know? No, I get it, but it's just like, I guess because you guys have grown up, like you said, since you were like nine. Yeah. Listening to it. Obviously, it's going to be in something that you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's burnt in. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about, you know, you and who you are since JP texted me that we probably should have you guys introduce yourselves. Okay. Mm. You know, it's rusty. We're rusty. We haven't done the in-person thing in a little bit. So. <laughs> it's all right. Anyway, Luke, go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll go to Dylan. Hey, I'm Luke. Uh, I play bass and do vocals in Yashira. I'm Dylan. I play guitar and do vocals in Yashira. Yeah, that's probably why it sounds like, you know, Zayo. A little bit. <laughs> He's yeah. grown up listening to it since he was nine. 
Yep. It's probably a little bit of that toxic in there too, but we won't. We won't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Love Britney Spears. No, that was that was eight years old, man. That wasn't nine. <laughs> that's crazy. You guys are pretty Duval podcast, that's for sure. Got you, you guys from here. Go Jags. Yeah, we're Shout right down Duval. the street from the stadium, and uh, I got the Limp Biscuit shirt on. Yes, yes, sir. Sure, yeah. Making it happen, Captain. Um, so like, what? Let's talk about you guys' like influences as like growing up because you guys are a little younger as well. Um, yeah, like so who who. Who got you into like music in general? Like as far as like what was the band that made you go like, oh yeah, I want to be in a band. Hmm. My answer is oh. so Duval. Evergreen. Yeah. Oh yeah. For of sure. Yeah. Like they 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 did the thing that I knew right right then and there that I wanted to do. You know. Mm-hmm. I think the first song I heard from them was uh, sorry, I'm super thirsty. Yeah. I think the first song I ever heard from them was their Zero cover. Oh really? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, that whole cover album is is pretty pretty dope, dude. But I had never heard Smashing Pumpkins version at that point, That's fine, so no I thought it was just their song, <laughs> and I was like, "Man, this song is awesome." <laughs> dude, when when was that in their time? When was that cover album out? Dude, that must have been like two thousand three or something. No, like that. no, it's later than that. Later than that, it came after because um, they were like one Burn- of the first like we were talking. Oh, you were talking right, about yeah. first scene shows you ever went to mm-hmm. um i i want to say one of the first ones i ever went to evergreen was on it was like strife and poison the well wow damn Freebird. that's a gig yeah and they were they were one of the first i, I want to say either the first hardcore show or one of the first but then i just started going to all their shows around town because they were local mm-hmm. that was such a fucking cool time too they were such a cool band back yeah then. i mean they're still a cool band yeah, but they were such a cool band back then because it was so like the scene was so new at the time, mm-hmm. especially locally. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys would have flourished a lot better, I think, back then as a band than probably currently because the scene just kind of goes in ebbs and flows. And I think that was a high point. I agree. I think uh, I think Jacksonville scene is is strange. It at this particular point, it seems kind of more divided than it's ever been since I've been a part of it. It seems like. It's like I'm um, almost like clicky. Like these these people go to these shows. That's it. Whereas back in the day, it seemed like it was. There's a show at this venue. You're going. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's playing. You know. I'm trying to remember. It was pretty clicky back in the day too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I guess, guess I phrased hard. it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to know right now since there just aren't any shows. <laughs> well, you know? yeah. It's like, it's hard to know how people are going to act when shit does get back to normal. You yeah, know? they may just go to shows just to go to shows. And it might right. not matter who's going, or there might not be any venues left. You know, true. So, That's also an issue. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely feel that way. I think that when they come back, that it's just going to be full support, like a flood opening of the floodgates. Exactly. Yeah, just um, excited to have a show in general. I do think that when things do get back to normal, it might skew from more venue or like bar shows. To you know, more DIY focused shows, kind of like it used to be, like with all the house shows we used to do and like all that shit. I think all that's going to come back. Warehouse shows are probably going to come back. Um, just more underground, more underground. Yeah, yeah, just you know, shit that's not um, at a bar or at a venue, right? Um, because those spots, I mean, bars are doing fine now, but like actual music venues are, you know, suffering right now. So it's like. 
you see a new one closing down like every every week. You know, a good mm, a good venue like uh, Voltage Lounge. They just shut down. That's crazy. That you know? place was awesome. That place was that so place cool. is awesome. And yeah, it's just like it's crazy. You never know like what's gonna happen. You know, when it does get back to normal, it's a lot. It's easy to speculate on what could happen though. It'd be yeah. cool if the underground shows do start happening. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to say that I support underground shows going on currently. I'm right. just saying, like in general, when things get better, it's, it'd be nice to have that again. Because I think back in the day, like when we were talking off earlier uh, before the podcast, shows were just different. Like it, it was a higher peak, I guess, locally here. I, I'm, I'm being nostalgic about, but. Um, there were like a lot of like house shows then and warehouse shows then. It's like that's kind of like the allure of why I got like why I like took to the hardcore scene mm-hmm. early on. I agree it's because it was like so not mainstream, obviously at the time. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think in the time span between then and like now, at some points, the scene was mainstream. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, certain parts of the scene were mainstream, so mm-hmm. it didn't make it as I don't know, cool feeling, you know, to like be part of something that's not common culture. But mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like what you said, Jack- Jacksonville is, uh, it definitely goes through the ebbs and flows mm-hmm. for sure. Just and, like all scenes will probably, yeah. right, in yeah. your town or in anyone's town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the, the change happens with, you know, the internet age becoming as giant and consuming as it is, you know? Mm-hmm. True. You know, like I remember when I first started to go to shows around here that there'd be people passing out flyers, there'd be flyers hung up all over the city and stuff like that. And now it's just like, hopefully you got invited to the Facebook invite, you know, and it's, uh, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder what it would do if the whole city or a whole city would embrace going back to like that kind of grassroots style. I think you would have to do it as an artist. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But it would have to be embraced by the what city in general because I almost just kind of firing. S- I don't think has ever really been embraced by the city just because it's it is polluting and littering. <laughs> right, right, you know right. What I mean, because but, like you'll hand out a lot of flyers and you know they all I'm get thrown out away yeah. before they're like, whoop, yep, that's cool. You, you yeah, know, just toss yeah. it right there. So uh, that's why they, they don't really like it that much. But I mean, some of the cool things about. Airdrop flyers. You can do we'll, that. Just, we'll just go to a show and every phone that pops up, just yeah. airdrop it. Mm-hmm. You could do that. That's uh, that's the green way to do it. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> as long as there's no dick pic with it. You yeah, know yeah. You might get some. You might get some replies back. Yeah, pics, you're so. you're gonna get in a lot of trouble for that yeah. for sure. But um, it you could do that and start manually, you know, manually, but physically passing out flyers, and because. Uh, I mean, I still have flyers from shows from back in the day, and that becomes like part of a collectible. Absolutely, of the memory, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's more so what I mean. Um, I guess is like when I say grassroots, like that was the that was like just how you did it back then. There was really nothing else about it, but it it seemed to grab more people in some weird way. And I don't really know what, I don't have the answer as to what it is. They had a human connection with the person that possibly was in the band already. Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, that guy's kind of cool. I'm sure his band's kind of cool. Rather than just like, I got a random Facebook invite from this dude. Exactly. This (laughs) dude that I've never met that just added me. You know, it is pretty impersonal. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But also, I mean, it also shows that, you know, there's a hustle aspect to the, your, your passion with your art and stuff like that. So you're out there willing to meet people face to face to invite them to your show. Like, come yeah. see my band. Yeah, but being being that annoying guy that hustles so hard in person is different than being that annoying guy that just sends you a bunch of show invites on Facebook no, all the time. <laughs> you know? I like that's funny. My favorite move is when they just invite uh ninety nine they add ninety nine people to the post. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. It's like Ray Bans for sale. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I am Facebook marketing. <laughs> That's what that is. Uh, so anyway, let's let's uh, pivot back to the new record. Um, three years in the making was the songs that Seth was on. Was that something that did his parts change, or did you want to keep them as you know as they were, and then whatever songs outside of that were free range for the new person? Ryan, when when we got Ryan to come. To agree to come, he lives in Memphis. Our drummer, he mm-hmm. lives in Memphis, mm-hmm. and uh, he played for the band Seraph the Light, and um, he plays in a band called Autolith. And they, Seraph the Light, did that collab record with Axis, so that's kind of how we got acquainted with Ryan. Mm-hmm. But um, when he agreed to do it, all we had from what Seth had written was cell phone recordings of just mm-hmm. like voice memos, mm-hmm. us turning on the phone to remember what we had done. Mm-hmm. And setting it down in the middle of the room, so a lot of it had to get changed just based off of the fact that he couldn't even hear what Seth was actually even doing because right. yeah, it was just so rough. blown Poor out, recording. you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is rewritten. Um, Their styles are are pretty different too. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, he was going to play things a little bit different than Seth. Um, so yeah, he he kind of got it to his comfort level and then just took off with it, basically. Okay. Yeah, like went super hard. <laughs> yeah, he, he did it change the song at all. Like, did you guys get fresh ideas and alter some of the established songs because of the style? I w- yeah. I would say that it it the whole experience of losing Seth and like trying to revive the record that we had written with him helped us make the whole thing as cohesive as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, because we rewrote parts that we were just like, oh. Well, this sounds like a totally different band, mm-hmm. you know, because we were just very similar to how we were writing Shrine. We were just kind of throwing stuff out there, didn't really care about its cohesion with the last one that we wrote. It's just like, oh, fuck, that was sick, you know, yeah. like, we got to do it, you know? Yeah, because we had plans for the future. We were like, yeah, like, it doesn't, ma- this record doesn't really matter as much because the second or third album is going to be way sicker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Let's uh, just throw a filler album out. Yeah. Right literally. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It was like, we'll figure some stuff out on the next one, you know? But then obviously, like, those conversations turn into, like, how can we continue, basically, mm-hmm. when, when your drummer passes away? So it's like, you know, um, it's not something that you can force. Um, you got to kind of just feel it out, feel, um, you know, what seems like the right thing to do and um, go that route. But also you got to be patient with it. Um, and, you know, that that was the hardest lesson of all was just being patient with the whole process of the album coming together. 
Because, um, like, like you said, we had a bunch of ideas already down, but nothing was concrete. So when Ryan comes in, you know, he, he comes to town for a couple days at a time, um, usually three or four days. So when he does that, we pretty much just sit in our jam spot and um, just crank crank out the jams and just try to, like, um, well, we don't do this currently, but when we were writing the album, you know, we would just try to, you know, just get the songs um, to where they can just be, I don't know, not even, like, accepted, but they can feel the same as each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was... Uh, that was a big part of what Ryan was helping us do. And he took off with it. Yeah. A big thing that made it as seem so seamless for us was that Ryan was like the perfect fit. And he was also the first person that we tried out. Mm-hmm. So like we knew that we were going to have to get somebody that like got it, like understood what we were trying to do, you know, and like listen to the same style of music and understood the style of music. And, um, but yeah, when he came there and we started going over it and just seeing his overall skill, because in Seraph and and Autolith, like he gets a little a little wacky, but <laughs> when you were able to like see what he was like, he like put the pedal to the floor, and we were like, yeah, like this is this is the guy, you yes. know. We knew it like immediately, mm-hmm. and uh, that definitely helped um, because going into that. We just, we didn't know how it was going to go. Yeah. It was very, very uncertain times. Well, yeah, you guys, I, I was going to say, because you were talking about being patient and whatnot with everything, I, it, it felt, I mean, I could be remembering this completely wrong too, but it felt like you guys, how long was it before you started even trying people out? It was, I feel like. It's probably about like Five months. Yeah, I think it, it was, was a while months. before you guys even started doing anything. Yeah, I mean, we had started talking to potential drummers that we thought could handle it. You know, we only talked to one other one. It was <laughs> two. We talked to Hosian from Vatican. Yeah, Hosian and um, Tommy. Oh yeah, we did yeah. discuss it with Tommy for a little bit but, too. Yeah, that couldn't work out. Um, we wanted to get Tommy from from Axis, um, but then. And Hoseon, um, but we just realized that it couldn't work out with either of them. And Just um, because of they're so busy with their other things, right. mm-hmm. you know. And we wanted somebody that wasn't going to be, like, that was going to be able to kind of focus on it, you know. Right. And also not wanting to disrupt their exactly. awesome bands, yeah. you know. Um, Ryan's in awesome bands as well, <laughs> but um, it would, they don't, they're not, like, super, super active. They don't tour and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it was, felt like a easier, um, easier grab to, to get Ryan and, um, and he just fit better and yeah, well, yeah, we will never know what would have been, you know, if we tried out other drummers, but, uh, but he fit, he fit perfectly like a glove. Like yeah. A glove. It was at the point where we didn't need to try anybody out. We tried him out and we're like, yeah, okay. let's go. Let's move. How'd that know? process go? Did you send him just like. Backing tracks, and then he just wrote something to it, or did he do some cell phone recordings? Yeah, uh, voice the, memos. He just self, yeah, he had the cell phone recordings, and he would just listen to those. Not really like able to play along with them too much, you know. Um, but he would just become familiarized with the songs, and then when he showed up for the very first time, it was like him playing the songs for the first time. And we didn't even try to tackle any of the old music at all. 
like he he's still i don't know i don't know if he's learned any of the old music <laughs> but uh it doesn't really matter um yeah, there's no pressing moment right now for you to rock that out on stage or anything yeah. like that so that would right. be the only reason for him to learn it so yeah but even with seth we were still looking to like kind of move on from that stuff anyway because we have our feelings about shrine we just felt like it was a very young record you yeah know? so what's the uh what the the newer songs that you have out, which by the way, your new single is on the Lamb Goat uh, New Metal Monthly pod, oh. not podcast uh, playlist. Consume. Uh, so go check that out. I think it's one of the top songs, first song. Or something like that. Oh yeah, nice. it's awesome. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Like you're that bad boy. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a much different depart from your last your last couple things that I had heard uh, from you guys. You know, even even different. You know, then the Zao split and stuff like that. So mm. less, uh, less more aggressive, more aggressive mm-hmm. overall, I'd say, but less death metal thrown in there for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or like random black metal parts. Yeah. We don't really have too many of those anymore. Like, we just. Was that a conscious effort or we just like. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, so like. What, what made you write it in the beginning then? Man, we were just trying to figure out what we were doing. Like, really, like we didn't. Is this? Were we talking? And it was trying your first release with Good Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We had a um, a two song um, ten inch that we put out prior to that. That came out on Southern Druid out of Jacksonville. Those were the first two songs we ever wrote together. Yes. Yeah. Those. Yeah. That was the very first thing we ever wrote, and that has more of like the random black metal stuff. There's not too much of it on Shrine. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some, (laughs) but yeah, we were pretty much just like, eh, kind of want to work it into an area that is more, um, fresh, I guess. Um, really, we just wanted to take another step at, it's so hard to find your sound, right? You know what I mean? (laughs) I feel like everybody has their, has follows some kind of formula to having a sound, and that was us getting away from that, I think, was a big proponent in us being able to take steps towards finding that sound. Like I still I still think you can hear our like influences in our music. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to sit here and be like, oh, you know, like we just sound like us, yeah. you know, but we want to and and getting away from the. Dude, that's very morbid angel, man. Like you know, that's <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, super gorgeous. People who listen to morbid angel, everything that they write is going to have a little bit of morbid angel in there. Yeah, regardless. And there are bands that morbid angel sound like. Jeez. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. That they listen to that were influenced. You know, I mean, how influences go. So it's just going to happen. But yeah, and this is not to say that we won't ever touch on it again. Yeah. Nope. Did you just like mm-hmm. want to be heavier? Like would. What caused you to step away from just not to be more sporadic or just to be more well thought out as far as yeah the music more is thought right? put into it pretty much exactly like, just more cohesion a, yeah just not not taking the song like shitting out the songs taking them and being like okay let's press this on vinyl you know <laughs> like actually you know putting a little bit more thought into um, arranging the songs and in making one riff flow into the other and making the lyrics meaningful and not just random right. um and yeah so just just putting more intention actually into it rather than just um you know putting it down and then walking away from it never revisiting it and mm-hmm. just p- pretty much just 
writing songs to play them live, basically. Right, just you calling know? it done when it probably isn't done. Exactly. exactly. And yeah. that's uh, that's mostly what Shrine was for us. Like, we listen to Shrine now, and we're like, man, this it seems like we wrote it, like, way longer ago than it was, just because it seems, it seems like, so young. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't even know a better word to use than young. It just... We were still at the very, very early stages of this band. Mm-hmm. Had no real idea what we wanted to do. We were just mm-hmm. getting together and shitting it out. Yeah. <laughs> shitting it out. Shitting, shitting it, out. it out, man. I mean, at the end of the day, we are still uh, a young band. You know, like we've only been a band for five years. Um, so and a little bit of that was put was, on hold. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty much nothing. So, well, yeah, I guess you know, for about a six month period, we were we were pretty much doing nothing. But so four and a half years or so we've been a band and um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember where I was going with that now. <laughs> well, Shrine Shrine was written, we started writing Shrine right after we put out our first demo. Oh, so I, I know was that was say. like the first two years of us being a band. Right. So this stuff is like. That was young. We're still young. Uh, I feel like, you know, this this record that we're about to put out is not the end all be all it's probably not the best thing we'll ever write but it is uh honest yeah it's honest and it's um i feel like our path is very clear now um and i think i think that people that appreciated us for everything we have done previously will definitely connect with this one on a different level um i know i know we do um i know this is a record that i can listen to constantly and not get sick of it and i've never i've never been in a band where i can just like listen to my own songs like through <laughs> yeah i'm just excited to see what comes next because we're we're that third record's gonna be a banger <laughs> yeah third record we're already looking forward yeah it start uh start enjoying the road to the fourth record yeah that was gonna be the one yeah that's now, how we used to think yeah not even is, kidding yeah. we'll just like shit these out you know yeah bit. just shit it out man. shit it out, out. Now we we have new music in the works, so it's like super exciting to to think about all that stuff. Yeah, I was gonna know? say because like now that you had, I was also referring to like this COVID time as having some extra downtime mm-hmm. as being, you know, a young band too. Like you know, this year has been put out, or you know, you may have done like some things in the first two months or whatever, mm-hmm. kind of, but like then you haven't done anything since then. So pretty much uh, you've had extra extra time. So obviously. Um, did you did you guys push back the release of this record because of it? Oh yeah, yeah. It was so like how long? To... How long has this record been finished for? We finished it in the I, end of February. I think we got the final back in like April, or, yeah. or maybe May. I think the idea was to put it out in July. Yeah, because yeah. we were planning a tour in August. Yeah, like we were we were starting to oh. book a tour. In August, when like everything started to shut down, mm-hmm. but I remember thinking like when the shutdown started to happen that I was just kind of like, okay, by, by August it'll be all good. Yeah, yeah, by August we'll be fine, you know. And um, so yeah, yeah. August, I think I think July. we actually ended up like canceling all the effort on the tour within like two or three weeks of the coronavirus thing like really taking hold, you know. So yeah, we over. were in Connecticut when it hit. Uh, when it hit the U.S., yeah. I, I remember, like, the news. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, we were, like, in a room with just us barely ever leaving, you yeah. know. But, uh, 
man, what a crazy, crazy thing to look back on. That seems like it was so long ago. It does. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of long ago. It's like, Tra- you know. Well, yeah, but it feels like ago, two yeah. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it feels, feels like forever ago, for yeah, sure. Well, time's passing a little slower or faster sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It moves rapidly and slowly at the same time. It's fucking weird. <laughs> mm. But, uh, yeah, Connecticut was very fun. Beautiful, beautiful um, state, you know. Yeah. Working with Greg and Chris taught us taught us so much about being a band. What was yeah. that, uh, where you recorded the album? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we recorded at Silver Bullet Studios in, what is it, Birmingham, Connecticut. No, Burlington. 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 Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama. Nah. I was thinking Burlington, that, Connecticut. I mean, is there a Birmingham, Connecticut? There, there might be. be. So sorry, sure, Greg. So sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, they challenged us. Mm-hmm. Challenged us in a way that we've never been challenged. Um, they put Ryan to the test, and mm-hmm. that was also helpful for us. Uh, just based off really of, break him in. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> dude. <laughs> he he worked on drums for like eight days. Yeah, I bet he was <laughs> something. Like I bet that. he was so over it, dude. Oh no oh, doubt. Yeah. But once he was done, he just played Halo for the rest of the time. Yeah, he he's like, like y'all have yeah. fun. Yeah. And I'm sure like that. His job is first up yep most times mm-hmm. so yeah okay so yeah he was just like good luck eight days doing drums that'd be brutal yeah and we how many songs were on the uh, uh the album nine nine mm-hmm. yep yeah Which, uh, by the way you can pre-order your bundle still probably you can make your own bundle make your own now. bundle make your own bundle do you still get a discount is there a discount i don't know discount i think i got like a Black notification for something. like um yeah i think doing some make your own bundle discount yeah that might have been like a Black Friday, Black Friday sales type deal. I don't know if that's still going know. on or not. Probably but pre-order not. it anyway, even if there isn't a discount. Do you guys? Uh, do you guys? Do you guys work with Carl directly? Um, um sometimes, not really super directly. Mostly Rick. Cool. We mostly work with Rick. I was Rick ask, is like, awesome. What's it like working for uh, working with Carl because you know he was fair for a while. For a long mm-hmm. time. Working with Carl is it's we. We interact mostly with Rick, but working with Carl is great too. Like, it's not like we don't ever talk to him, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's, he was really there for us when uh, when Seth passed too. Mm-hmm. So that that was really awesome. Um, it, you know, just showed that he cared. He came down and, and hung out with us. And yeah, shit, what so. a I mean, what a strange thing to have to deal with as a band and just as a manager kind of situation. You know, it's just like whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Seriously. Yeah, those are things you don't plan for. Yeah, but, yeah we were. We were riding the weight the night that it happened. Mm-hmm. Truly insane. Third song on the album. Yeah. Yeah. So that song, yeah, it's like a very heavy, hard-hitting song. Um, lyrically, meaning-wise, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a good one. Um, probably my favorite song on the, on the record, just because everything that went into it. Um, like you said, we, we had just started writing that on that night, so... That was, yeah, that's a really good song. That was good to get it out and, like, get it into a form that sounds, like, fucking awesome. And then, like, <laughs> and then just be able to, like, listen back on it. I don't know. It's very yeah. Cool I think preview of the third record. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, we were all just, like, super stoked to finish it up and be like, yeah, Seth would like this. He, he would have liked where this went, you yeah. know, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's dope. It's dope. But, yeah, Carl. Carl's the man. Rick's the man. Yeah, Ferret was just like a, such a influential early days, oh, yeah. la- early early independent label, you know, especially mm-hmm. for the scene. Man, they have so many great releases too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, between them and you know, between them, 
uh, Solid State, Equal Vision, Trust Kill. Those were like, God Lord. And there's I'm missing a bunch of other labels too that people are probably freaking out about. But right. to yeah. me, they'll let you know were, on the forum yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, those those were like my four, you know, indie labels at the time that I was just like so about. I mean, Victory too, but they were huge for an indie label. Yeah, yeah. Ferret Ferret was probably my biggest one for yeah. sure. Yeah, I every time I, I die, bro. Every time, yeah, yeah man. I mean. Even did Timeless the band. Well. They even did Poison the Well later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versions. Visions. Versions was on. Uh, was it? was on Ferret, yeah. I think that record is severely underrated. Of course, yeah. We've, already, th- we've discussed this on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. That record is severely underrated and Tropic Rot. I, w- I will. I-, I think I underrate Tropic Rot currently. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I think, I think that when record. I'm, when I'm listening to Poison the Well on Shuffle sometimes. I'll be like, damn, this song bangs, and I look, it's like, oh, it's Tropic Rod. Mm. That's why, you know, because it's like, damn, I don't think I've heard this one. But um, so you're choosing to underrate it at this point because you uh, like dude, it when so you don't much, know. There's so much to listen to. There's yeah, a lot, there's a man. lot. There's just a lot so much. That's like I was thinking about it the other day. It was like, it was cool when like you know the you were being told what to listen to, kind of. But now that you have the ability to find any and everything, mm-hmm. and Anyone can make anything and everything and put it out on whatever platform. Yeah, true. So now you have so much. It's like I tried to do um, what my top my top twenty albums of 2020 would be. You know what I mean? You already did. You already did that, man. No, no, no. Come on. I started listening to like all the releases that would come out. You know, through Lamb, like if we were posting about it or or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I tried to do that, even with the coronavirus going on and having all that extra free time. It became just like so hard to do. Because there's so many bands putting out so many yeah, records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. That's all anybody's doing because nobody's touring anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, not only that, shows. but like, there's so many, you know, there's just, and let's just think about like just this bubble that we're in, like that Lamb Goat music would, what we would cover. There's so much fucking, there's different levels of bands releasing all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I don't, when the releases come out, I don't, I don't know how established a band may be or may mm-hmm. not be. So here I am just like listening and I'm trying to like, actually be like mm, you know and a lot of it's just like instantly not gonna like yeah so. <laughs> yeah lamb goat's awesome because they do report on you know smaller bands we had we had lamb goat write-ups like a, a year or two into being a band so that that was awesome but i can imagine like if you're if i you're, gave up on that by the way like five months in what's that what writing no 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 oh <laughs> Checking out every album. That came oh, okay. Out. Like, I was like, I was wait, like, what? Fuck that, dude. I, I can imagine know. if you have like, if you're behind the scenes and you have like a list of all the fucking <laughs> releases, it's probably so overwhelming. Yeah. You know? I was Jesus. trying to do it for Twitter clout and shit and it was like, no, dude, I'm not. I don't have fucking <laughs> Clout's not worth it. Yeah. It, it was not. It's really not. It's really not. Yeah, but I'm uh, to tell you like the first first quarter albums that are pretty dope, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know those. Well, the last quarter album, dude, first of all, Ours, but you need to check out Crypto Deers too. They're our label mates. They just put theirs out on Friday. That's a that's a good one. Crypto Deer, Crypto Deer. Yep, yep. The record is called The Angel of History. Mm-hmm. Yep, super good. Anyway, what, what plug. style? Of, what what would you call them? What, what style would they be? In? Prog metal. Prog nice. for sure. And man, are they prog? They are. What would you guys prog. so progressive? What would you guys call Yashiras? Oh my gosh, we've never been able to answer this question. Just call us like a. I don't know, like a metal band. <laughs> like, yeah, we 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 like to touch on um like so many different things. It's hard to say, so we just say we're in a metal band. But yeah, if if we were trying to be like super specific, I guess 
post-metal sludge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, there is like a sludge aspect to it, but it's not like sludge. Yeah. we Whatever earlier Mastodon mixed with like a neurosis and converges. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there's like a converge aspect to it for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, we got fast parts and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Throw some cult, cult of Luna in there. Yeah, there's some of that It's in there. there. Isis. A little bit of Evergreen. Isis the band. Isis the band. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, a little bit of Evergreen. Do we, yeah. do we have any Evergreen? I'm sure it's I mean, it's there. probably in there. It's just in based there. off of what... A little bit of Zero by Evergreen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The song Zero by the band Evergreen Man, Terrace. We had we they were like our they were supposed to be our third episode and we did the episode, but we just couldn't put it out. Really? No. Yeah, it was, it was a it was a great time. Was it with Craig? It was with everybody. Oh wow. So the that was when we found out like, okay, can't do a full band. Yeah. Oh, God. This is Max right here. Three three, three people talking, that is Max. Oh like, yeah. That they would have side conversations within each other, right? Because there's like, and it was just how many uh, were they all on the same couch? <laughs> they were all on like a couch or something, or how the room was so. Two of them were sitting on the arms of the couch. Yeah, we had to like expand <laughs> the room, and, and we had to get extra mics, or they were sharing a mic or something like that. But nice. I can only imagine how that went based off of how long they've been a band and all the things that they've done that they experienced. Some of them are like. Hilarious, like Jason's fucking hilarious, Craig's hilarious. Oh, for and, they're all, and like Andrew's hilarious, but they're all like, awesome. They're all fucking. They're all awesome people, but I bet <laughs> yeah. you that would be a headache for sure. <laughs> yeah, this is a joke. They're kind of like the local Eted band, you know. They're all jokesters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Man. Love Eted. We were actually just talking about them. Like that band will never get old. Like they're Timeless. so they're so. What do you good. think? La- what do you think allows them to to main to maintain? Yeah, because they're like I talk about it all the time on the podcast that um, they're just one of the bands that were able to like not fall off. They have the formula, lull, yeah. like during any lull in popularity of like heavy music or whatever, yes. mm-hmm. and they're still fucking yeah. They still kill it. Like they still have a diehard fan base from back in the day, mm-hmm. and they keep gaining a fan base as they go. First and foremost, I think their music speaks for them, you know, perfectly. Like they are fucking. Gnarly dudes, they're funny, they don't take themselves too seriously. But then when it gets down to it, like their music is meaningful. You know, so it's just They know, also don't very, box themselves in yeah, to true. anything. Like in, in terms of bands that they tour with or their styles. Like you can listen through an every time I die record and hear different styles mm-hmm. of songwriting mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. And I just think that keeps everybody interested. Yeah. You know, because you don't want the same thing over and over again. Right. I mean, some people do. They all but. they do. It's so weird. They're like a band that does kind of evolve their sound, but they all, they do kind of sound like they, they used to. You know, mm-hmm. they have like a sound, but it's also, maybe they just have like a way of writing songs in a style, like a guitar style mm-hmm. that is memorable. And Keith's vocal, vocals are really, you know, Dude, notable. There's not a like, band down there. You can always recognize that, them. I don't love everybody in the band like Every time, I do. <laughs> yeah. everybody like everyone is such a everyone is such a fucking character in that band. Mm-hmm. Like, and now Andy's doing like his whole fucking thing with like getting AEW. massive popular on mm-hmm. fucking wrestling and stuff. He's AEW like, man, that's a Jacksonville Andy. Jaguars plug. Yeah, yeah. Go Jags. Tony Shad or Tony Khan. <laughs> Tony Khan. <laughs> Tony Shad. <laughs> that's his wrestling name. Yeah, Tony Khan, man. Yeah, our drummer. Well, at least that's going well for them. 
Our drummer is super uh, into wrestling. He like yeah. tells us to get into AEW all the time, but I'm oh, not gonna I'm not gonna front. Yeah. I'm not into, into wrestling. No. The minefield. It's fun as fuck. The minefield fuck, dude. dudes are into wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are super into it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's it's entertaining, man. It, it really is. Some people do it better than others for sure. <laughs> well, Andy is definitely an entertainer, uh, and I I mean I guess a lot of that you can add you know attributes from him being on stage and entertaining mm-hmm. for so many time for so many years on stage with the band you know yeah, yeah and every time i die is a different level of entertainment <laughs> as well like they're so crazy live they're absolutely you know at some point it's gonna live. be interesting to see them as an old older band yeah you but know? i also feel like there will be a band until they're super old oh yeah i think, so. I think jordan's know? gonna be like uh the acdc guy angus young you know? yeah <laughs> jordan's gonna be that because like, like doing the duck walk yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or his version of the duck yeah, walk yeah. thing. You just know? jumping so, off shit yeah. at yeah. 65. He, he posts pictures of him like just throwing himself. I mean, he throws himself into the performance and music and shit. But like, that can't be good on his neck. can't be good on his back. So it's no going to be interesting to see what they do 20 years from now. I'm 26. Act less a fool than them at shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm in pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can only imagine how that goes on yeah. tour. Do that, that every night. Is, that band is pretty fucking awesome. What's your favorite... Uh, Eaten. Oh boy, that's a hard question, man. New junk, probably. Yeah, me. that probably is mine too. I, I'm a sucker for uh, Gutter Phenomenon. Gutter Board Stiff might be my favorite song by them. Oh really? I think so, dude. That is a fucking awesome song. The Board Stiff Warp Tour Circle Pit video, <laughs> dude. Won you over? Yeah, I mean, honestly, well, uh, you guys are a little. You guys are much younger, so I would assume that you're you're. Favorite would have been in that or later part of their discography. That was the first stuff I had heard was Gutter Phenomenon. But um, in terms of like overall best record that it seems like they've written front to back to me, it's New Junk. Yeah, um, that's the one that made me really fall in love with them. Um, I'm trying to remember what's on that particular one. The big single from that, huh? Roman Holiday. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was on that yeah. marvelous slut, White okay, Smoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, big single from it, I think, was um, Wanderlust. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. so, um, yeah. There's so many songs that, I mean, I don't... They I was trying to shuffle dude. and shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, Werewolf, Werewolf was definitely a good one. Mm. That was my favorite on that album. But I get the that one dirty. mixed up with... Um, yeah, that was Big Dirty. Big Dirty. And um, what's the one with Organ Grinder? Is that the one? That Organ, the Organ Grinder is on New Junk, yeah, New I Junk. think. Yeah, that's the one where the fucking... Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and then X Lives was after that one. That one was amazing. That rolled. I probably didn't listen to that one as much, and I probably didn't listen to Low Teens as much as I probably should have either. Dude, but Low I do love like the good. singles off of um, all, both those albums. I mm-hmm. love the singles that are put on. But like, he also got into Every Time I Die Late too, JP. Mm-hmm. So like, it. I was telling him like, dude, the record you fucking need to listen to is Hot Damn because like I listened to them mm-hmm. when they were like. Uh, early on like, mm-hmm. I wasn't for the first record I don't think I was around but like I did listen to, like Jimmy Tango's Method and fucking all those way early songs that shit was just so crazy because it was like what is this yeah you know and then they had a version of that southern rock kind of party metal hardcore shit that was just with with Hot Damn mm-hmm. that was just that was crazy but they transcended all that though yeah, yeah. Was so oh, yeah, crazy sure. and Insane. then now they just I don't know. They keep cranking. I don't know. They keep cranking that shit Seriously. out. Seriously. I feel the same. There's not, there's not a bad... There's not really a bad song. And you can, you can like follow that band anywhere they go and you're still going to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. They will always deliver. 
no matter what. Is that <laughs> like, what the plan for Yashir is? You know, just to not be boxed in and just you know go all over. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys have short, a plan short in answer? Because like um, you obviously were thinking early on that like ah oh, fuck it the third record and the fourth record those are gonna be bangers. That was always Seth's thing. He would always <laughs> say shit like that. Um, He'd always be like, "This is fine for this record. Yeah. We don't have to do stuff like this on the second. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> What like what, what you know yeah. like that guitar riff is so first record bro yeah, yeah like kind of goofy shit like that yeah and he'd he like say so things funny. like yeah I mean I guess we'll see where the band's at in five years you know like are we still like writing good music or like <laughs> yeah. just thinking about breaking up in five years like yeah. at the beginning of the band it's yeah, like yeah. he he had <laughs> like goofy shit he was very far sighted uh, I'm a little near sighted and my I don't know. My expectations don't ex- extend beyond, you know, the next uh, couple hours or possibly, <laughs> possibly a day or two. So very hard for me to <laughs> be yeah. like, yeah, I wonder, you know, I wonder what the third album is going to be like. I don't know. You know, it's like I never have thought super, super in, in those terms. Like we would all just think that that shit was so goofy when he would say <laughs> it. it. We'd so all just funny. like laugh. We're like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, <laughs> like live in the now, man, please. So you guys don't have like a, I mean, you. Do you have goals as like a band? Because obviously, like you got signed earlier on, yeah. so you are kind of somewhat established with like at least a decent uh, group of people around you. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, um, yeah, I didn't know if you had like goals to fucking be this or this, this or this. Yeah, a goal would be to get to a point where we can play live. I'd say that's probably like an immediate goal. Because um, right now, I mean, are you guys doing live stream anything? Are you guys talked about that? We want to fight and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're. We're in talks about that, like discussing it. Mm-hmm. You guys should do a. Um, I don't know if you can do this with short notice, but like you know, when the record comes out on Friday, you should do a uh, listening party on your Facebook or some shit. Oh, on Facebook, yeah, yeah. We 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 were gonna do. We were talking about if cases like if if things had died down, which they didn't, and they never even came close. <laughs> that we were gonna do a listening party at our friend's bar, like around locally, but. That literally at the Flamingo Flamingo. in Murray Hill, yeah. Um, But that (laughs) obviously didn't even come close to happening. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, short term goal would be playing a show. (laughs) You know, like playing live. Short term goal. Yeah. Yeah. Long long term goal. I I just think I've always said to them to just sustain. Yeah. I, I just want the band to just be able to be alive. You know what I mean? To be able to play, to be able to write, and, you know, if that means taking a break from touring to save money, because we all work jobs, you know, obviously our, our band's, band doesn't pay for <laughs> literally anything that we do. Um, it's, uh, we, we pay that. We put money in. <laughs> yes, exactly. But that's never taken away from it, and yeah. we could stay on this path forever, and mm-hmm. I'd be fine with writing music with them. Yeah, you know? for sure. It'd be good to just not be a band that comes and goes because there's so many fucking bands like that that are awesome and then they just like break up or they <laughs> never do anything mm-hmm. else. Well, I mean, I guess you guys did. You guys have overcome a pretty big fucking obstacle, mm-hmm. you know, fairly. Not, That's how it say feels. Easily, yeah. But, you know, yeah, you guys, would, you guys definitely have already kind of crossed over one of the worst way, worst things that can happen to a band. Yeah, probably worst case scenario situation. Um you know, fingers crossed, nothing that bad happens again. But, uh, you know, I if it does, you know, that's just um, one of the things that we'll, we'll cross when we get to it. But, yeah, I do feel like, you know, the way that we um, 
handled everything in the way that we were coming out on the other side. It says a lot. <clears throat> Feels so, like we climbed a mountain, yeah. honestly. To just for this record to drop on Friday, it just I can't really <laughs> put into words what it feels like to get it here, to be right. at this point. Yeah. From where we were literally this time two years ago. It's like crazy. It's just crazy to think about. Um But yeah, yeah. Goals. Goals. Yeah. I mean, if we could just sustain <clears throat> have, you know, a decent following in five to ten years, you know, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, I feel like our following right now is pretty solid. Like people are already like dedicated to us just from, you know, our other releases. And, um, are you afraid that because you might not be sounding, you might not have the same record that some of those people may not follow you to the new record. You're no. always going to have people that are like, <laughs> I love their first album so much more, you know, yeah. I only already, like their demo. Yeah. We've already gotten a couple of those, but, um, it's it is what it is, you know. We're not, we're not really concerned about losing any supporters or anything like that. Like it's like sky's kind of the limit, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like we'll with the um amount that we gain from putting this album out probably the people that we lose from putting it out, I don't know, it probably won't really matter. We've also never been a band <laughs> We've never been a band that was writing music to be like Oh well, would the crowd like this? Yeah, like yeah. Well, w- Should we enter uh, a nice moshy riff? Here? Yeah, no. We straight up, we'll write our sets how we want to play them. Not concerned how anybody else is going to feel about anything. So, so it's always been like that. It's always been that way, and it's going to remain that way. We're just that way musically. I think um, when shows get back to going and everything like that, do you guys take any time since you're putting more thought into your music? side of things and, and writing it and making sure it's perfected over time rather than just shitting it and ripping it out. Shitting and ripping it. Uh, Shit it out. Do, do you guys put anything, any effort or thought into your live visual aspect of your show or do you, do you not have the budget for that kind of thing? We are yeah. going to try and do a little more yeah. now. Right now, but... nothing like that is even on the table just because, you know, we right. don't even know what we have to work with, you know, like <laughs> yeah. we don't know if when, when shit gets back, if we're going to be playing, um, you know, the rain dogs or the, the dailies place. We're not, right. you know, we're not playing dailies, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you could, be the, you could right. be the opener of uh, you know, a cool show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, we just don't know. How open, it's open look. for Post Malone at Daily's place. That'd be that'd be awesome, dude. <laughs> I did I did see that show. Did you? Yeah, I love Not Post the, Malone. when he came earlier on, not mm. like recently. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, live, like Luke said, we're just not really thinking about it because it's not even close <laughs> yeah, to being available. Just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I was super bummed that Furnace Fest got canceled. I didn't like like we all thought it wasn't going to be a long term fucking thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like I, they had they held out for a long time, you know, without canceling, and then they did. I was like, that was a lineup, dude. That was a crazy ass lineup. Yeah, I don't even remember who was on it. Converge. I mean, every everybody. That- Converge was playing this year's fest. They were supposed to. Uh, Furnace, Furnace Fest. Fest. Yeah. Oh, Furnace Fest. Yeah. I thought not you said this, not, yeah, fest, like Gainesville Fest. fest. Yeah. Excuse me. That was going to be a good one, too. I think there were a couple people that Comeback Kid was going to that, and I was going to be stoked on that. But, that uh, Furnace Fest thing was wacky. That was I was, bonkers, like, dude. I was like, every time they would announce a band, I'd be like, 
how the fuck are they paying all these bands? Yeah, right. like, like that band's still around. And <laughs> some, <laughs> of them, some of them aren't. Yeah, and they were coming yeah. back. Yeah, insane. I remember some of the other ones? Zayao. Yeah, I know that. Zayao. Um, Converge was on it. Was Poison the, the Well, I think was going to yeah. play. Poison the End. Well. End was on it. End was on it. Uh, yeah, they were a new band. Knock Loose was on there Knock as a new band. Yeah. Counterparts was on there as a new band. Every time that was on there, not as a new band. But basically, like anybody that was cool that played Furnace Fest was coming back to play Furnace Fest. I think Andrew WK was going to play Furnace Fest. Yes, he was. Yeah. Absolutely. And he was a big part. Like, he had a big moment mm-hmm. at Furnace Fest. Yeah. Yeah. They had, didn't they have like embodiment or something like going to play? Or they had like a they bunch had of shit. They had like Living Sacrifice coming yeah, back yeah, and like yeah, all that did. kind of shit. Man, that band is gnarly. Living Sacrifice was, I think, the first screaming band I ever heard. Wow. Popped, popped it in at a Christian bookstore and a little CD thing. <laughs> Who was your first screaming band? Conceived in Fire. I'm trying to think of what mine first screaming band was. Ever. Evergreen? Are we talking about that, or is that your first heavy band you ever heard? I, I'm just talking about screaming guys in general. I think mine was Nirvana, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, Nirvana screams, Metallica? but yeah. I think we're talking more like... Uh, no, I guess I was asking like broader, more broad. Oh, so you are asking for Nirvana. Or yeah, fucking like James Brown or something like that. Dude. Get up on that thing. I guess, yeah, he's a screamer <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can just put him on like some deathcore kind of fucking backing There's probably there. a YouTube thing made 100%. of it. Of, of James, James Brown's Brown. vocals over you know, one of the good somebody things- making a metal song on Fruity Loops. <laughs> If not, they will now. Uh, one of the good things I think that came from all the COVID was the uh, they canceled. They did cancel Furnace Fest, which was a bummer. But they also canceled that the other festival that was going on in Orlando, that Revel Rock Fest, and Biscuit was supposed to play that, and it was like on my birthday. But it's the same weekend as Furnace Fest, so I was gonna obviously go to Furnace. Oh, you Fest. had such a hard choice to make. That was, was yeah, life and death. What was it gonna be, man? Well, now they rescheduled the the Rebel thing. So you're not gonna tell year. us what the choice was? Oh, I was going to Furnace Fest. For okay, sure. I, okay. I, there's no way you could miss that. Come on, he's a real one, dude. Biscuit though, right? <laughs> you gotta risk it for the, the biscuit. Yeah. Oh, that's a dope one. <laughs> but I also, saw... the Rage Against the Machine thing got pushed back. So yeah. They'll do it again. I forgot I mean, that was even happening. I forgot too. Honestly. I hope a lot of people else do. They fucking want to sell their tickets so I can get them. <laughs> You've seen Limp Biscuit though, haven't you? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I saw him at Rock. Oh, you haven't? Oh no, yeah, I did. Okay, I didn't know if you were. I got pulled on stage. I got pulled on stage one time when I was at a show and I sang with them. Which show? Like, dude, you're probably like not even old enough to be at the show. No, I was not there. It's like two thousand. Like it. <laughs> it was the old Coliseum. I was seventeen years old. They pulled you on stage to sing a song. What song? This My matters. Way. My way? Yeah. What, dude? <laughs> oh, no. That's sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a crazy-ass time. Man, what, sure. a, what a bummer, man. And so, of course, that also plays into my fandom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of the band. They like, wow. They're, like, asking you to come onto the stage, and you're like, they don't ask you're like, and you're like no, 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 next song. Next no, song. No, no, no. I don't want to do this they, one. Uh, Bunny, Bunny was a big security guard they had. Back in the day, he's also been in like a bunch of their videos. Buddy like, or bunny? Bunny. Bunny. Bunny with the like rabbit, a rabbit. Okay. And uh, he literally just yoked me out of the crowd. And I thought I was getting kicked out or some shit. Oh. And then he just threw me up like a little rag doll onto the stage. Man. Remember when you saw him? I, I didn't go, but I saw the video yeah. of him bringing his mom on stage. Dude, that was probably the craziest shit I've ever And they covered seen. Rage. Yes. When? When did you go? Rockville? I, it was at Rockville. Yeah. So he like brings his mom on stage right <laughs> in the middle of them covering um, "Killing in the Name of," 
And it's at the it's like right before the part where he's like, "Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me." <laughs> and he like brings his mom up, and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is my mom. This is my mom." <laughs> yeah. Like that. And everybody's like, <laughs> "Yeah!" And he just like starts singing that part, and she's weird. just like dancing. Weird. It was fucking weird, bro. There, like, I'm so I'm so I'm tied with that band in weird ways. Like my babysitter when I was a young 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 person yeah. was f- good friends with Wes and so like he would come over sometimes so this is like a deeply rooted yeah, fandom yeah it's some weird way because the band's local are you, you know? from Arlington? Uh, yeah oh okay yeah yeah so yeah we probably all kind of crossed I mean they were older than I am mm-hmm. but uh, yeah and then my mom my mom and my grandfather worked with Sam's dad who's you know? Sam? The bass player. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's like so weird. Yeah, there are connections all around here with them. My yeah. dad, my dad used to own a, uh, like a car audio joint off. It was in Arlington, off Atlantic, um, and I think somebody from Limp Biscuit, like John Otto, or something, <laughs> came right. in there to <laughs> get some shit for that. Or I, I really don't remember it. I was yeah. literally like seven. So yeah, <laughs> John Otto would be the one that would pimp a car out. Yeah, same deal with Skinner, dude. Everybody's got an uncle that like knows Skinner or like went to high school originally played daughter. guitar for Leonard Skinner or something. They like got that. a Van Zant running for like uh, yeah. school school oh, yeah. district something out in Holy Clay shit. County. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, them and the Allman brothers. The Allman brothers were here too. Oh yeah, yeah. They got that like random house in Riverside where we were by. I, we were living closer to it at the time when we were doing the podcast, but um, yeah, there was like a random house. That has a plaque out front going like, "Hey, this is the starting place for the Ellen Brothers." And like, you know, you can rent that house and just like live there. <laughs> you see people out front like taking pictures of your house. Yeah, no, people yeah. do stop. There like, she is. People do stop and uh, do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But speaking of house shows, earlier on, I wanted to mention because we had talked about Frail Body already prior to the podcast. But great, like, great band. We saw them at a house mm-hmm. out in uh, the wood wood room. Didn't, Woodroom, yeah. didn't Nick book that show? I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I can't remember who was supposed to play it. Might have been Umini and Nova. Yeah. They did play. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice, right. nice, okay. nice. Okay. Right. Yeah. That band. Mm. They're, they're dope as shit, too. They're super good. They're, they're one of the I was bands. talking about Frail Body, but also oh. Umini and Nova is, yeah. And Harbor Lights is good, too. They played that shit in there. That was like the weirdest fucking, dude, I want to talk about that show because I'd like to talk to them about it. When we get them on the podcast again, whenever that fucking frail body or yeah, harbor lights, body. Oh, okay, frail body, and uh, so they're on the podcast, right? And I'm this is a whatever. I'm just going to tell the story anyway. So, so they're on the podcast, um, and then they go play the show. And we're gonna so we go and meet them, and I'm like, I'm trying to be like, hey, let's have a good time, right? Because uh, I don't remember. I don't think they smoked at all. I think they were they drank with me or whatever. But then. We pull up, and it's just like a neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a neighborhood. Where was it in Jacksonville? Riverside, like a mile oh, okay. from my house. But, like, it was like a neighborhood kind of situation. So I was like, oh, my God. I didn't know it was like that. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, a four-pack of tall boys and, like, a J. So, like, I'm, sm- <laughs> I'm smoking out in the street. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, I'm already kind of crispy. And then we pull up, and I'm like, this, <laughs> is, like this is like a college movie like, all of a sudden, we've entered some, like, weird college movie, and, like, we're at a house show, and it's all these younger people. We're obviously the oldest people there. And then, like, it's legit, like, these people 
just live there and they're fucking having a house party. And so like, but there's so many people, like, I, I felt like once we walked in the door, it was like, we are on set now. And there's like, you know, and even the video he shot was very like movie-esque, you know, because hmm. we recorded the show that night. But that was such a crazy fucking. Was it just like awesome lighting in there or what? It was awesome vibes, kind of, I oh. guess, in general. And the lighting was dope. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just, like, where they played was, like, a room half this size. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, and you're just, like, in the kitchen listening to the band in the other room. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And uh, we played in a basement in Riverside one time. Yeah. It was a basement in Riverside? Dude, there it is. It was the hottest show yeah. I have ever played by a thousand it doesn't miles. Even, like begin to explain how fucking hot it was in there. Um, it was a really, really fun show, though. Those I, are usually the worst shows, the worst environments, and stuff like that are always the best shows. It was with frameworks, mm-hmm. frameworks. Yep, frameworks and Marcellus. Marcellus. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was a fun show. It was crazy though, pulling up to the house and just I was when I pulled up, it was off like Oak Street or something, it was like Marcel <laughs> yeah. or some shit. We like pulled up, and I was like, "No way, like no freaking way." Yeah. And we get down to the basement, and I see the basement and feel the heat. No one's <laughs> down there yet, and I feel the heat, and I'm like, "Whoops, oh no!" It was, it I was, was like, "Man, bad, this dude. is gonna be incredibly hot." <laughs> like, which it was. It yeah. felt like you were like cutting through What's thick air, on? just walking, mm-hmm. just pacing around, getting all in the audio. That's okay. What are you doing? That's okay. Hot yeah. shows are always fun. Yeah. They suck at the time, but they're always... You look like, back memorable. on them with I remember, uh, I probably mentioned this on the podcast as well, but like Evergreen and Every Time I Die I played a show mm-hmm. around the same time that uh, Hot Damn was oh, coming okay. out, and the uh, AC, someone turned the heat on. That's that's just fucked up. And it up. was in July or something like that. So like, dude, that show was so fucking That was hot. here? Yeah, yeah. It was the huh. Imperial. Oh. oh my god, dude! And uh, someone and I was wanting to think. I wanted to say it might have been rock and roll pizza at the time or something, and because it was always hotter in there when they were making pizza. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know they took the pizza stuff out, and it was just the Imperial after that. But um, that show was fucking insanely hot. But I look back on it fondly now because yeah. it's like a memorable show. But at the time, it was fucking god awful because it was packed, dude. dude. Probably the hottest show besides that house show was that fucking um, title fight in Touche Amore show. Hmm. At the warehouse, at unit six. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to that one? Where it was at uh, unit six. I don't even know where that is. So it was. Not. It's under the Matthews Bridge, legitimately. <laughs> like it's like this. Like it was like this. These steel warehouses. You know, under the Matthews Bridge. Yeah, not like directly under it, but like pretty you know, much. It's they, in that right industrial area it. under the we Matthews have a, Bridge. We have a little warehouse out there, the Toontown. Kind yeah, of it's right by there. Okay, it's like right across the street from there. Well, it's off of Wham, Wham Bowl. in there. So. Really? Yeah, eventually, we got the city's got to be all like involved, obviously. So we're yeah. getting there, or they're getting there. Not we are. You say, wait, you say you're going to have shows there and stuff. Yeah. We did have shows back? before. We did have shows. What's it called? We, well, it's Toontown. It's just a big, giant, three-sectioned warehouse. Oh, cool. Yeah, and nice. It's like a storage warehouse, but it's all like it's all graffiti on the outside. It's the big graffiti building downtown. What hmm. is that space used for? I've always wondered that. Nothing. Just. I nothing? mean, like we were doing events and stuff like that, but the city. You know, it wasn't we. They shut us down because it wasn't up to code up or to whatever. Code and stuff. Yeah. So he's got the uh, he's got the building, uh, getting up to code and stuff like that, and adding this that the other whatever needed to be added mm-hmm. and doing all the safety stuff. But um, yeah, at some point they're gonna do like events and you can hold like decent concert size bands. It's big. In there. Yeah. 
So uh, it's just an additional capacity, mm. you know, like it might fill a, a cool gap between like, you know, like, cause underbellies is coming back too. And that's mm-hmm. a decent room. So it might be like a thousand people. I love that plus, room, you know, venue or whatever, but yeah, it's like underbelly is coming back. Played our second show there. Mm-hmm. Higher on fire and crowbar. That was a gig, man. Mm-hmm. That was a freaking gig. That was a good one. I remember the every time I die show that was there and the He's Legend show that was I there. I saw every time oh, I die yeah. there too. I think that was with Ghost Inside and Architects, right? I don't know. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't that does not sound right though. I saw them there with them. With that was definitely them. They headlined it though. With Ghost Inside? Oh dude, I think it might have right. just been Architects, but Ghost Inside might have played. But either way, it was They played it was Eta's show. They played uh, right when um uh from Parts Unknown. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, mm, that's a record I don't really listen to that often. It's it's got thick, it's got dude. good tracks. That song more on it. Oh yeah, it's piano. So heavy, we can't just talk about it every time I die on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. but we can. But we can, I get yeah, what you mean. We probably shouldn't. Uh, anyway, we've probably gone over an hour. What are we at? One. Yeah, so we oh, probably shit. should wrap this up. Plus. It's Duval Sunday, and we're 10 minutes away from kickoff. Oh, oh, I can't wait to watch them lose, man. It's gonna be awesome. Speaking of frail body, I, like I said, fucking Nick hit me up and was all like, they're going to lose today. And I was like, yeah, bro. We know yeah, that. yeah, of course. And if they don't, we're going to be mad because... he's a Vikings fan. I should clarify. He's a Vikings fan, and they're playing the Vikings today. And... We need a quarterback. You don't we need get, a lot of things. Guys. You don't get quarterbacks if you win. Yeah, we need a lot of things. I don't know what's going on with the team. <laughs> but anyway... Mm, he's on the I'm bench. not even getting into this. I'll get <laughs> yeah, so this up. is probably not proper co- podcast no. uh, topic anyway. That's too Duvalish. Yeah, love Jacksonville. Hope the Jags stay in Jacksonville. Well, we'll see. But anyway, <laughs> I guess we'll just wrap it up. Uh, so yeah, just shout out your record that'll be out the following Friday. You're listening to this, but if you aren't, it was December 11th. So go ahead. And any bands that we should probably check out, or anything oh, that you want to plug. Oh man, that's a long There's list. So many. Uh, Fail to be our new record drops December 11th, Friday after you listen to this. <laughs> Good fight music. Um, check out Crypto Dira, Vatican. Chime in whenever you want. Axis, Axis, Gouge Away. You you already checked out Gouge Away. I don't need to um, prescribe that to you. Yeah, I tried to get them on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't think about my shout outs before we started this. So. I didn't think That's about why I like to throw it on you. So it's There's just like so whoever. Many, dude. Portrayal of Guilt. Yeah. Slow Fire Pistol. Mm-hmm. Wreath of Tongues is really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a shit ton. In Jacksonville, <laughs> there's, there's some good bands too. Yeah, who? who Criteria, uh, Rhythm of Fear. Um, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Evergreen sure. Terrace. Evergreen Terrace, yeah. Uh, no, actually, I'm drawing blanks. Every every good band has broken up now. <laughs> yeah, Rom Rom was great, but they're done now. This is going on too long. Is you man Nova, you man Anita Nova, Nova, whatever how are you fucking. Oh, say yeah, yeah, yeah. Anita Nova. Of yeah, listen to them. <laughs> Frameworks. Listen to Frameworks. Pez. Pez. Yeah, Pez is pretty good. Horse whip. Horse whip. This is going on for so long. Ether Coven. Ether. Uh, <laughs> all the friends that were friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just look up Florida Metal and you'll There's find so some. many good bands. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we'll I guess we'll cut it there and uh that'll be it. So yeah, just hit the fucking thing. Great. Hit the fucking thing. I wanna finish the blunt. Blunt it up. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? 
That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe for Grind podcast. <laughs> 